Hello and welcome to Celtic Down Under. My name is Laura and I'm joined by Liam as we kick off the World Cup preview of Group E. And we're better placed to start than with Germany, as you can tell by that beautiful top Liam's wearing. Liam, give us a little bit of a summary of that top. This is uh, Germany's ninth, well, sorry, I should say West Germany's jersey yes. from uh, 1988 to 1990. Um, not to be confused with the very similar one they wore at the Italia 90 World Cup, which was the same pattern but a slightly darker tone. Um, yeah, this is one of my one of my favourites. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful top, not least because it is obviously green and white. But I have to say, you've you've given me a bit of an education there because in my ignorance, I suspected it was nineteen ninety. But there you go, that's that's the difference between a non-shirt collector and a shirt collector. No, well the thing is, they are they are near identical. It's just that mm -hmm. the nineteen ninety one, if you see photos of it, it is more of a bottle green, whereas this is more of a lime green. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, the thing is about Germany, just, just to go off on a wee tangent here, mm -hmm. Germany, every World Cup without fail, I always end up buying at least one Germany top. They do, they do do good they tops. They never have a bad kit. They never mm. have a bad kit. Although, <laughs> I have to say, I usually love the Germany home kits, and this one I'm not a huge fan of with the big black stripe down the middle. I'm not, mm. I'm not feeling it, but I might be wrong. The away kit is an absolute beauty, though. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. that's the the red and black number. Yeah, with the gold trim. Yeah, yeah. excellent, excellent. Um, I think possibly um, the best place to start with Germany is looking at the history of Germany at the World Cup because yeah. I think, uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to share this and bearing in mind the last one of these that we looked at was, I think, Australia. Um, yeah you'll struggle to find a more illustrious, um, <laughs> uh, you know, group. They, it's almost a failure if they get knocked out at the group stage, at uh, the quarterfinals, I should say. The group yeah. stage at the 2018 World Cup in Russia is actually, I think, their worst um, their worst uh, outcome in, in World Cup history. Um stretching back potentially to, to 1938 and uh to 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 France where they they finished tenth. Every other time they've come they've come in the top ten at the tournament and most of the time that has included semi-finals, finals and obviously the four victories that they have. Um don't know what happened in nineteen fifty. We'll not go into that, I don't think. I'm going to assume that Germany might not have been in a position to field a particularly <laughs> strong team at that point. Uh, yeah. um, but looking at that, Liam, I mean, as far as World Cup pedigree goes, mm. only Brazil have won more trophies. Um, yeah. And interestingly enough, I was looking up just to see exactly how successful Germany were. I thought they were by clear second best. But actually, Italy matched them for four World Cups each. But I would argue that Germany are the team that you second to Brazil think of when you think of the World Cup because although Italy have won four tournaments, they have had many more instances like this year where they're just not at the tournament. And that's just not an option for Germany. No. No. They, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it, Germany are... Uh, they're a dependable team. You, you, like you say, they're always, almost always at least a good bet for the last eight, if nothing else. Um, 
even a weaker even a weaker Germany side should be looking to get well into the tournament's later stages. Um, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy watching Germany. Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the things I like about Germany, and this this is this is just my petty Scottish mindset coming out, but the fact that England in their minds create this great rivalry with Germany. <laughs> and Germany, Germany just do not care about them. They want to beat the Dutch. That's that's their rivalry. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah it's uh, it, it's a strange one. Do you remember much about the 2018 World Cup and what exactly happened with them? I, I'm I'm struggling to remember exactly what happened there and how they managed to go out in the group stage. But if I remember uh, correctly, they were beaten by Mexico. Right, which is not there's no shame in that. I would say no. Then they got, I think it was a draw with Sweden, but it was a last gasp draw. Um, I believe it was Philip Lamb with a free kick in like the fourth minute of injury time or something like that. Uh-huh. And then um, they lost 2-0 to South Korea, which, uh, you know, bad for Germany, but very, very good for Mexican-Korean diplomatic relations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just, um, it's just, but it yeah. just show it just shows you, doesn't it, the the nature of World Cup football and makes actually their history there, as you see it, all mm. the more impressive. That it really doesn't take much for a team to go out at the group stage. So for them oh. to have appeared so frequently in third place, second place, and as champions is just absolutely unbelievable. Because the thing is, apart from apart from winning the World Cup four times, if you look at, like, if you're like me and you like to get into the World Cup by watching all these old historical videos, whatever, the amount of times that the the great team that wins the tournament they beat Germany in the final, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Argentina in '86, um, you know, Brazil 2002, England in '66, <clears throat> um, you know, yeah. It, it's it's how it's amazing how often Germany, even if they are not the story of that tournament, they end up playing a fundamental part in it by being the second best team there. You know. Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that because I, I would argue two thousand and fourteen when they won, um, they they were they were not the fancied champions going into the tournament. I would argue they they were not the they were not the team that that everybody thought would be the one taking home the trophy, um, and then. I think it really was that that famous 7-1 victory over Brazil in the semi-final, the likes of which I've never seen in a football tournament before in my life. But it was only then that you kind of went, wow, like it's really going to take something special to beat this team, and obviously nobody did. One of one of the funniest moments about that, um, apart from seeing Neymar cry, obviously, was... Uh, <laughs> it was, um, it was uh, I remember, a certain, shall we say, a certain... Um, a certain adult video streaming site put okay. out a tweet saying, uh, "Can can we just ask our users please stop uploading videos of the Germany Brazil match? Our public humiliation category is already full." <laughs> I, honestly, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like that game. My my abiding memory is David Luiz running about like a headless chicken, trying to do anything he could to stop what was happening. I've mm. never seen. A, a professional football team, much less Brazil on their own soil, collapse yeah. like that. I, I, and not to use stereotypes, but the ruthless efficiency of Germany on that night to just go, mm. 
I think they were five nil up within half an hour or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, because the thing is, at the end, it finished seven one because for about the last twenty minutes, Germany quite visibly eased off. Yeah, know? it was yeah. like stop it. He's already dead. You know? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, listen, if they had kept going with the pace and ferocity that they did for the first half an hour, you would have easily, easily been talking about double figures. If that was a group stage game and Germany needed to score 10 to go through, they would have done that night. Yeah, yeah. absolutely unreal. Um, let's look at their qualifying for this World Cup to bring it back to the present day. Um, they, As you would expect with them, they pretty much um, romped the group. They, they were, you know... Uh, nine points ahead of second place North Macedonia um, but looking at the quality of that group you would expect nothing less from Germany they've not really been tested there you would argue No, I mean not North Macedonia are quite clearly the standout second best team in that group and yet there were absolute ructions when they got a shock win over Germany um, Yeah, You know, it was uh, the, the, the German press did not take that well despite the fact that North Macedonia you know and they went on to beat Italy in the playoffs. So they showed that they are capable of that, mm-hmm. um, of, of those kind of shock results. Um, but yeah, they, you know, it's Germany doing what Germany does best. And they just, they, they dealt with that group professionally and they, 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 they qualified quite easily in the end. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they're a team who have have undergone a lot of change in the last 20 years with the uh, for anybody who's not read it um um Raphael Honigstein wrote a a fantastic book called Dash Reboot that talks about the rebuilding of German football from the ground up following the 5-1 defeat to England and how seriously Germany took that and it led directly to to some people's minds to that World Cup victory in 2014 um with that in mind do you think is this, you know, I know it's a long time since 2014, but have Germany, have they rebuilt themselves to an extent that you think they're going to continue the de- dynasty that they have at World Cups, um, obviously 2018 aside? Yeah, I mean, again, it's a cliche to say it, but I do think 2018 was a blip. Um, yeah. I think that Germany are a resurgent team now. They're, they're, they're really starting to bring it together. Um we are now back to the the days when German players are being discussed amongst like the top players in the world. Um, you yeah, know. and I think that's I think that's actually a very very fair point, and 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 it leads us on nicely to looking at the squad itself. Um, mm. Looking at the goalkeepers alone, that's probably the best three goalkeepers in any squad at the tournament. I would say in terms of the strength of choice you've got across the three positions. Most of the other squads I've looked at have a clear first choice and don't get me wrong the clear first choice remains Manuel Neuer there but mm. it's not going to be any kind of a, a reduction in quality if if, if Mark andre Ter Stegen or Kevin Trapp comes in between the sticks should anything happen to Manuel Neuer during this tournament No well as we well know if if it ends up going to a penalty shootout Kevin Trapp likes a penalty save you know mm-hmm. so I think Again uh, who, who did who did he save a penalty against? I can't. Oh, remember. that dog! Some wee twelve, some wee, uh, wee ten-year-old club. What were they called? Aye, aye. I, um, I can't remember. Aye. Um, what would have been hilarious is if he aye. saved that penalty. It would have been hilarious if he saved that penalty off the the man who was brought into that that wee diddy club, um, mm. to to 
win fixtures like that, the the big star Aye. signing, that would have been what hilarious. What's that team's name? It, it starts with an R and it ends with uh, liquidation. Aye, so we've looked at the goalkeepers there. Um, we'll move on to the defenders. I mean, looking at that, you've got Anton- Antonio Rudiger, who we've come across this season playing for Real Madrid, but... Um, uh, you know, formerly of Chelsea, nobody needs to talk about his quality. You've got Matthias Ginter, uh, Thilo Kerrer, Nicholas Sewell, um, Bella Kotchap, Schlotterbeck, Klosterman, Günther and Raum. Not the most high-profile um, Germany uh, backline that I've ever seen going to a World mm. Cup. A lot of names there that if you're not particularly into to German football, you might not be a, you might not be aware of, but all playing at a, a very high level by looking at the clubs. Yeah, but going the other way, if you do watch the Bundesliga, you know that every one of those guys is a class act. Yeah, um, yeah, and that that that's the thing. Um, that is where I think Germany have kind of flown under the radar for a lot of people. Um, you know, Rudiger is a standout, obviously, because he plays for Real Madrid. Um, mm-hmm. But that uh, my. You know, personally, I think the the best defender they have at the moment is Klosterman, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. who you know we saw up close for Leipzig this season, obviously. Uh, but I really think that uh, it's a it's a good solid team, and it speaks to the the increase in quality of German football generally that you now have players at teams like Freiburg and West and. Uh, uh, I almost said West Ham, uh, <laughs> and uh, and Leipzig that are able to get into the squad and hold down a place. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. No. It really. It really is good for German football because uh, one thing's for certain: they they would not be in the Germany squad if they weren't up to standard. So so it is fantastic to see them there. Um, moving on to the midfield, I think this is where you'll get a lot more of the recognisable names for for people watching. You've got Joshua Kimmich. Um, a player who is, you know, some might say the Bayern Munich team of, of recent years has been built around him. Uh, mm. Jamal Musiala, who is a rising star, but my goodness, what a player he's turning out to be. And I'm really excited to see where he goes. You get Elke Gundogan, Manchester City, one of their perhaps most underrated players, but certainly a massive reason for Pep Guardiola's success in Manchester. A personal favourite of mine is Leon Gretzka, who plays for Bayern Munich. Um, one of those players who underwent a transformation, both in physical and mental uh, stature, getting to Bayern Munich. Um, Julian Brandt, his qualities obvious at Dortmund. Jonas Hoffman, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and a surprise return to the Germany squad for World Cup winner and World Cup final scorer, Mario Götze of Eintracht Frankfurt. Before we talk about the quality of the team, that return for Mario Goetz is absolutely unreal. Have you read anything about that? I haven't actually read the full story behind it, but yeah, that, that is incredible to think that he's back in there because, you know, as recently as a year ago, he was so far out the picture. Well, um, basically, as far as I'm aware from what I read, he hasn't appeared for Germany in any guise since, I, I think, a friendly against France in 2017. Um, and, you know, his his career has derailed massively since then I, I think he went under uh, underwent a number of investigations for a, a a health condition the nature of which I don't think has ever been shared but one that was certainly keeping him from playing football he 
he, he bounced back and forth between Dortmund and Bayern Munich for a while before before both were unable to help him any further. And I think you'd be forgiven for thinking his international career was, was over at this point. But to see him back in there, um, just from a nostalgia point of view, is fantastic. Yeah, everybody loves a good comeback story. And uh, yeah, Mario Goetz is definitely uh, one to one to watch. Um, Who's your outstanding player there or any players you're excited to see from the rest of that midfield lineup? Well, the thing is, I, like you, I, I rate uh, Gundogan of Man yeah. City, although a lot of, he's very, very few Man City fans pick him as their favourite player, but he is one of their most effective players. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I always, uh, I'll, if I'm ever watching Man City and I'm having a wee bet, I always take him to score the first goal because... Uh, I know he's on. The, he's usually on the penalties, and he likes a free kick as well. So uh, it's uh, yeah. I think he's he's a good one. And um, but in terms of uh, players that we might be less familiar with, uh, the boy Hoffman from Munchen Gladbach is mm-hmm. uh, is one that uh, followers of German football will know is 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 a very very tidy player, but um, one that perhaps. Might if Germany have as good a World Cup as we think they might, he uh, he could be one that's looking at a big money move to perhaps England, Spain, or Italy after the tournament. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see that's for sure. Uh, before we go on to look at the fixtures, let's just uh, round out our um, our review of the Germany uh, front line. This is where a lot of the star names really come out. You've got Kai Havertz at Chelsea, Serge Gnabry and Thomas Müller, and Leroy Sané all of Bayern Munich. You've got Karim Adiemi of Borussia Dortmund and Yusufa Makoko of Dortmund as well, and Nicholas Fulkrug of Werder Bremen. Um, the the standout name there for me, uh, you know, nobody needs to nobody needs to overstate the quality of Havertz, Nabri, Muller, Sani. Um, but Yusufa Makoko of of Borussia Dortmund is is a, yet another rising star coming out of the black and yellow, and 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 could potentially be the breakout star of the World Cup for Germany. Is that is that too much pressure to put on his shoulders, do you think? No, I mean at the end of the day, if you can if you can do it for a team as massive as Dortmund, you can you can do it for, for Germany. Um mm. and I think this is going to be the World Cup where he emerges um onto the mm. world stage. He's already a star on the European stage. I think yeah. um this is where he he makes his bow on the world stage. Right. Um. Let's just because we are already running over a little bit. Listen, it's sometimes it's hard to cover twenty minutes for some teams, and then sometimes it's hard to cram in to twenty minutes for other teams. Let's mm. do a little look at the fi- the group fixtures, um, for Germany. Let's just see here. Um, and we have them here. They're opening against Japan. They've then got Spain in the middle and then they've got Costa Rica. Um, I've got to say, Spain could cause them a problem, but the the Spain team that are going to this World Cup, as we'll get into in their video, are not the Spain team of old. I don't see Germany getting caused many problems by any of these teams, or is that me being a bit disrespectful? No, I think Germany are going to win the group. And as, as somebody who wants Japan to get through... Uh, their best chance is for Spain to underperform. And there is rumours of a lot of, you know, uh, fractious behaviour in the Spain camp at the moment. So, uh, you know, that's something we'll talk about a bit more when we get on to talking about Spain. But I think Mm -hmm. there is the potential there that uh, 
you know, Spain could possibly flop, and if they do, that opens the gap for Japan. But I think Germany are the group winners of this, of this unquestionably. Yeah, absolutely. Like, bearing in mind that that's, that's the case, how, how far do you see them going in the rest of the tournament? Because I don't know if it's something to do with the, the, the early exit at 2018, but they're not a team that I hear many people mentioning in terms of potential winners of the tournament, regardless of their pedigree. No, and the thing is, they are capable of winning the tournament. Um, this World Cup might have come just a wee bit too early for some of these emerging talents. I think the next World Cup is when you're going to have um, a lot of these players really hitting the peak. Um, mm-hmm. But in saying that, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think semi-finals, possibly yeah. the final. Uh, I think they will go deep into the tournament's last stages. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, certainly, anybody who's got them in a sweepstake will not be disappointed to have to have pulled them out the hat, regardless of whether you think their chances of of actually taking the trophy home for a fifth time are mm. are, are legitimate or not. Um, Liam, thank you so much for joining me for this opener to to Group E. We're getting through them fast and thick now um, and the World Cup is approaching. Um, I'm really enjoying doing these with you and I think it's going to be really good um, in terms of our viewing enjoyment of the World Cup that we've had a chance to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, And bearing bearing that in mind, join us next time uh, as we go on to the next team in Group E, Spain, for review. Thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you again very soon. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.